Amen, amen, amen. It's an honor to be here with you in this house of the Lord. Amen. And um, I'm happy to have my wife, my daughter with me. And uh, they can't always come with me everywhere. And so it's a, it's a privilege to have them with me. And then also we've got uh, one of our members from our church, Kirsten Carver. She's with us traveling because we had a couple other individuals from Indiana come in to visit us this week. So we, uh, we actually picked, uh, picked Brianna up from uh, wave at us, Brianna, real high. There she is, real high, that, a little higher than that, a little higher. And she flew in this week, and so, and uh, Candace has been with us the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's been a, been a privilege to have them, and they always jump on board at our church and help us. Uh, we always need help, amen. Bishop, if, would you mind, um, would you get Hebrews thirteen fifteen for me? I'm going to uh, read a portion of Scripture here as you're standing while he is getting that ready. Mark 14, the 14th chapter, verses 3 through 9, and I may go a little further than that. I'm not sure uh, yet. But, um, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he sat at meat. There came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard. Very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head, and there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was the waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. You know how... That happens. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will ye may do them good, but me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She is come Beforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever the gospel shall be preached, so listen to that, wherever the gospel is preached, throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Bishop, if you will, Hebrews 13, 15. God, I love you, Lord. I thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your kindness. God, I pray that you help me do a good job. God, anoint me like never before. God, let your word go forth, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Almost throughout the entire Bible, you will see that the Bible makes mention of God being that of male attributes. It says that he is a man of war. It refers to him as being the father, the Abba of all creation. It refers to him as in, in a male 
perspective. Now, ladies, just hang on. It's going to be real good here in a minute. But I know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to relay to you right now that, that God was in this male perspective. When he was ready to reveal to us what he looked like, he creates Adam. In him, God was the fullness of the Godhead. Everything he needed was within himself. God was complete and lacking nothing. We can now look at Adam and understand something about God's personality is that God needs to be praised and he needs to be worshiped. He made man so much like himself that he gave man a woman to have as a bride as he would have the church as a bride. So he needed someone to receive that he could receive a little bit of praise from. Gentlemen, I know if you are married in this place, if you are not married in this place, and uh, gentlemen that are married, if your wife comes by and says, honey, you're doing a real good job at that. I think Pastor made mention a little bit ago, hey, uh, you know, you, uh, you know thank, thank your pastor every now and then. Tell him thank you. you know? Well, I tell you what, if anybody in my church tells me thank you or that I'm doing a good job, I'm going to say, oh, Okay, and I'm going to try to do a little better. Now, if my wife comes and tells me that I'm doing a good job, I'll stretch myself and extend myself to do a better job. Because when she comes up and says, honey, you're doing just a good job, I'm going to say, man, I'm, you know, I am, ain't I? I, I I'm, I'm doing an all right job. Well, how much more? When we magnify and glorify God, will he extend and stretch himself for you? And for your needs, how much more would he do that? Ah. God is so much like man and man like God that he created him in his own image. God created man in his own image. That If you want God to show off in your life, you just have to start bragging on God and telling him how good he is. Start telling him, you're my way maker. You are my joy. You are my bridge over troubled waters. He'll start flexing his muscles and show off in your life. That's what David meant when he said, oh, Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That's why it does my soul good when I'm in the altar and I'm worshiping. And I see Connor over here worshiping God. I see the children over here and all the other saints together because I know that he inhabits the praises of his people. So when we begin to worship together, he was walking in the midst of his people. He is not a liar. He does not lie. So he does exactly what what he says he is going to do. So when you see Brother Kennedy out here with the walker just cut or the, the stick, whatever you call it, when he's out here doing his thing, and you want God to bless you. Why don't you come up alongside of him and say, God, here I am in the midst of you right now. I am going to do whatever it takes to get a hold of you. Hallelujah. My wife says I need to smile more when I preach. She said, why you got to look so mean? I'm sorry. 
and she told me to quit apologizing. Y'all watch out for my wife. She's a Chicagoan. She'll take you out like that. But magnify the Lord with me. That's an interesting thing to say. How do you magnify something that is omnipresent? How do you make an all-inclusive God bigger than what he is? Yet he says that if I would talk to him, that God would be magnified or swelled up. He would become larger. I can't make him any bigger than what he is already. I can't make him any bigger than the universe is. But when I magnify him, he will be magnified in me. When you're lacking something, you want more of God will begin to praise him because then he's magnified in you. Does that make sense? So instead of having some small regimen of anointing, when you get up with a greater anointing on you, if you would begin to praise God, the anointing would swell up inside of you. He is magnified in me. That means if I want a greater expression of God, I can't sit there. Oh, I can't sit there with my lips glued shut. I'm trying to be nice. I can't sit there and expect God to do mighty works when I look like I'm all upset. And I don't want to magnify God for nothing. If you want to get what God has for you, you may have to get out of your comfort zone. God didn't promise to fit into your training and your background and your personality. God did not promise to be uh, housed in any man's culture or philosophy. God is too big to be held in principles of our time and our age. God knows what he wants and he likes what he likes and he just wants somebody to praise him. Now, I, I, I had a little uh, hint of uh, Bishop's uh, title today. The title only. But I had no idea what he was going to be talking about. He didn't tell me any scripture. He didn't tell me anything like that that I can remember anyway. He told me that title. And... It just so happens to be that he was talking about a little bit of praising, a little bit of worshiping inside of his message. So I think that there is just a little piece of what's going to be said here today, and I will not take a whole lot of time on this, but I do want you to know that when you begin to worship and praise God, he will do whatever you need him to do. Uh, uh, even if it doesn't happen right now, it can happen in the future. That's why when he said, when, when, when it was Moses, said, show me your glory and everyone thinks that God did like this no it was in the ladder when he was going up when he was ascending guess where Moses was he was right there watching his glory it, just because he had passed on didn't mean that that prayer was never answered <sighs> for thou hast created all things for thy pleasure 
and are and were created. He started creating things. He didn't start creating things just to make him more God than what he was. He, you can't make him more God than he already is. God, he created things that would acknowledge that he is God. He is creating things that would tell him what he already was. He's looking for a worshiper. He's looking for someone to lift up and magnify his name. The heavens are telling the glory of God. The atmosphere, the birds when they're flapping their wings, they are telling of the glory of God. When you see the blades of grass coming out of the ground, it's saying, God, you are so good. I'm stretching forth because you gave me what I need. Ah, he's telling of the authenticity of him. God is the God that sits on the circle of the earth. He has all power in his hands. If you are going to be blessed, you have to be able to acknowledge the power of God. God likes to be sought after. If I would have just sat there and never said a thing to my wife, I would have never been married today. If I would have just sat there trying to look all cute to myself while she's over there looking all pretty and I never said a word, guess what? We wouldn't be married today. She would have been with somebody that was way uglier than me. <laughs> She had to be sought after. I had to go like this. I had to do one of these. The Lord is good. He knows what I want. I had to seek after her. That's what we have to do. We have to seek after God. Call on him while he is yet near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. God wants you to seek him out. Call ye upon me and I will not answer thee. God wants to put forth the effort. He wants you to put forth the effort. He is not worried if you are uncomfortable with it. He will stand at the door and wait until you start knocking. You have to be the initiator to activate a response. And God will listen. God says, I am at the door, but I won't answer it if you don't knock on it. God gets a blessing out of seeing people try to get to him. And when he sees that you are trying, he'll open up the windows of heaven and that you don't even have enough room to receive what he's got for you. We, 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 we do the same type of prayer. It's a little different. But the windows of heaven are open. You pour out on me such a blessing that I do not have enough room to receive it. We receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commission. Oh, and my favorite part is my whole family saved and walking with God. He wants to give you the blessings. We need to seek the presence of God. God ain't going to chase anybody down. Every now and then you just got to be in the middle of worship service. I hate sitting by funky people. Now, let me tell you, what I mean by that is a funky spirit. 
I sit down and they're all like, I don't even know why I'm here. Why did I even come today? I didn't even get my Dunkin' Donuts today. I didn't get my coffee. They didn't even have warm coffee out there today. It was a little lukewarm. It was a little cold. Matter of fact, why did they only have decaf? I don't, you know, and they didn't have Splenda because you know I'm on the Splenda and not the sugar. And, all, and, and, just come, and they sit down. And I just really want to walk up and be like, why are you even here? No, I ain't trying to run nobody off, bitch. Nobody... <laughs> But there comes a point, if you are sitting there and you really want to worship, you got to be able to go, excuse me, I like, I, I like your worship. You know, you're kind of just everywhere. And you're like, right? You, you got your own little groove going. And I notice you're on the front row. You know why? Because if she sits all the way in the back row, she's going to see how many people won't move. I'm sorry, Bishop. I'm sorry, Bishop. Uh, 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 uh. Bishop, you take this mic anytime you want. You should have kept the lapel on. You could have just went, hang on. But I'm just telling you, you've got to be able to look at somebody and say, excuse me, you, you bothering me right now. I got to get out to where the worship is. I got to get out where he is inhabiting. Yes, he's everywhere at all times, but he's inhabiting the praises of his people. Why am I going to sit and get sick? Why am I going to sit there in pain with somebody that barely even believes in it? I want to get into the presence of the almighty God. I'm smiling. We live in an age that people are seeking after things more than they are seeking after God. They are seeking after fame. They are seeking after fortune. They are working around the clock and they're working on Sundays more than ever, but not seeking God. We seek the blessings more than we are seeking the blessor. The blessings won't mean anything to us unless we have a relationship with the blesser. Whatever we pursue, we worship. My God, it becomes the God of our lives. Woo! You better make sure whatever it is, if you, if you're a gamer, hey, God bless you. Go ahead, game on. But if you are making that more than what you are for God, guess what? You better make sure it can raise you from the dead. You better make sure it can heal your cancer. If your job has become your God, you better make sure it can touch you or touch your kids when you need them. When your kids are going through something, you better make sure that it's going to do something for you. We got to watch. What we pursue after more than we pursue after God. Oh, Jesus' name. God rejected Saul because it was a position over the presence of God. While Samuel was lying around and weeping over the rejection of Saul, God went out on a manhunt. He went out to find a man. Oh, don't worry, you can be replaced no matter who you are. No matter what you play, no matter how well you sing, you can be replaced at any given moment. Don't think that God is going to go break bankrupt when you decide that you don't like some things that are going on and you want to quit. The church will keep going on. God has another singer 
He has another preacher. He has another usher. He has another worship preacher laying on some park bench right now, strung out, out of his mind, just waiting for someone to come through. So don't think that you can't be replaced. I want to tell you today, honey, you can be replaced. It doesn't matter how cute you look. Ah, oh, Bishop, I'm, I'm, I backpedal. He says, I found a man. I found a man while you was crying about it. I found a man. God will never go looking for anything that he cannot find. He found a man that was after his heart. One of the few things that God sought after was a worshiper. He seeketh such to worship him. How many people go to work and you hear somebody using God's name as a cuss word? How many times have you heard somebody just cursing the Lord that you serve, the creator of all things? How many times has that happened? So the whole time, he's waiting for Sunday to roll around. He's waiting for Wednesday to roll around. Brother Kennedy, he's just waiting. He's looking around. He's saying, look, so-and-so was using me like a cuss word. They said, oh, my God, and it wasn't because they were calling on me. It's because they were frustrated with something, and I don't know why they haven't used my name like that. And someone over here said, oh, Jesus, and they didn't call on me one bit. They were using my name just to use it however they will. So I'm seeking. I can't wait for Sunday to get around. I can't wait for Wednesday to get around. I'm going to give everything God. God everything I can give God is what I've got to give him he says I found a man pursuing me I'm hurrying up don't worry folks I'm not one of these four hour preachers than a 30 minute coming in for a landing I found a man that's pursuing after me he is after my heart. He is trying to get to me. He is trying to find me. God was seeking and he found him. Found this boy out there, woo, just dancing, singing, pursuing. Dancing in the spirit. Do you, uh, I'm sure Bishop, he's, he's probably exhausted this and he could tell you more and more, but the way that David danced is you can't describe really how violently he would even spin in the presence of the Lord. My back hurts. Not right now, but it's been hurting. Got this whole SI issue going on. And I, could you imagine David getting up early in the morning? Lord, I can't today. I can't do what is expected of me today. Now, don't get me wrong. We have elders, and I, I give my elders honor. And when you can't, you can't. But, man, I tell you what, when you get to heaven, you're going to outdo me, I guarantee it. I was in the Philippines in a prison, not as a uh, guest. I was doing some ministry there. And uh, I go over to the Philippines every about six months uh, before the virus hit. And uh, I, we, myself and a man by the name of Nick Mahaney was in there. And we were, we were preaching. And uh, we began to sing... When the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. Have you ever heard that? And these two demons literally come walking up. They were up in this little cell block, and there was hundreds of these inmates around us. And they were, one got up there and got into like this little cutout of a window, and he put his ear or his fingers in his ears, 
And he, the, the more we sang it, the worse he th- started throwing a fit. I mean, spazzing out. And then another one came along beside him. He did the same thing. And so I looked at Nick. I said, look, they don't like that one bit. I said, what is it about the way that David danced? So I was talking to a guy, a friend of mine by the name of Rick Lovell. And I said, Rick, what is it about the way that David danced that these devils don't like? So he says, well, in my study, he said, uh, when, when you would go to war, the men would go to war. He said, when they come back, there would be a celebration. But the men would still have to stay watch and look around and make sure there's no enemy coming. He said, but, my God, when the men began to dance before the Lord, it meant that there wasn't an enemy in sight. It meant that everything, every stronghold that was tore down was tore down. He said it meant that there was nothing that was coming on the attack because they were retreating faster than they ever could. So when I begin to think about the way that David danced, you want God to do something, think about the way that David danced. It's all good that we can sway to the music and clap, but when you... You get out of your mind for Jesus Christ. I promise you, you will get into a different level. Hey, hey, I'm smiling, baby. Sorry, I don't mean to get you excited. It's almost too early. I want to just bless the Lord at all times. God looks and he sees that David is after him. He is telling how good he is. He's telling him about he's being the boy maker. He said, I can do anything but fail. He says, he's calling me the strength of his life. He's calling me a strong tower. I tell you what, church, I want to bless him at all times. God wants somebody to just worship him. David was looked over and over and over again. But you know what? He was a worshiper. So no matter how many times you've been looked over no matter how many times that you didn't get chosen just get into your prayer closet and just seek after him and you will find him the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid when the wicked even mine enemies and my foes come upon me to eat of my flesh they stumbled and fell though a host should camp about me against me my heart shall not fear though war should rise against me in this will I be confident one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire his temple for the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle shall hide me he shall set upon a rock and now Shall my head be lifted above my enemies round about me? Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yay! I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear 
Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me when thou sayest, Seek my face. My heart shall say unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. As the heart panted, after the water broke, so panted my soul. Part of the problem with generation, this generation right now, everybody knows God. Everybody knows God. When we think we know Him, we stop seeking Him. Why should we seek something that we already have? We have come too comfortable with knowing God. We come to church and say we can sit around as if we're at a concert of some sort. Like there is a spectator of a musical. And who is going to get me to move? Are they going to sing the right song today? Are they going to play the right instrument, give the drum solo today? We evaluate the service to see who is going to stir me up today. Who are we that we should be stirred? Aren't we here for God? And aren't we here to stir him <sighs> don't come to bless him <sighs> come to move heaven <sighs> and yet he still blesses us He says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. We make the excuses that we just are emotional enough that it's not my personality, Sister Pal. The problem is that we are not obedient. This is not a feeling, it's a fact. If you want to please Him, you got to praise Him. We have gotten to use, so used to God and how, God, how good God really is. We've gotten too used to it. we become so used to God that we try to decide what service we should go to. Are we going to do Sunday morning? Are we going to do second service? Are we going to come to Wednesday night? I got way too much on my schedule. Don't you realize, Pastor, that it is Christmas time and all the holidays are coming through. I can't make it to everything. I've got cookies on the table that got to be iced. I've got family. No, man, that is such an excuse. Am I meddling? Man, I hope I, I, hope I don't run anybody off. I really don't. I had a friend of mine call me and said, well, it looked like you ran a couple more people off, but that's okay. They were devils. That's what he told me. <laughs> I ain't calling anybody in here that. I'm just, let me clarify. Let me put a disclaimer in there. Gee, I'm smiling, baby. <laughs> but it's so true. We come up with every excuse to miss a worship service. 
if the woman with the issue of the blood wasn't there that day? Maybe you just need to show up because your miracle is wrapped up in this thing. We schedule God like he's a little league baseball team. Let me see how I can put you on the schedule, God. Let me see what I can really put you in and work you in. Kind of like a marriage that people have gotten used to one another. They used to be in love. They, will, they used to compliment one each other. And they would talk all night long to each other. And they would be on the phone with one another. They would, they would just have these conversations. But they got used to each other. And that's the same way we get used sometimes to the presence of God. We are not the first generation to get used to God. I'm hurrying up here. Look at what the disciples did just to follow Jesus. Never mind what I'm going to eat. Just let me talk to him. I'll follow you wherever I go. I am in love with you, Jesus. But they got used to him. They had seen him. They had seen so many miracles. They got used to too many miracles. The test of faith is not how you walk with God when he is moving. It's how you walk with God when he's not. They were doing the work of the Lord but forgotten about the Lord of the work. They would even go and wash his feet. They loved him but now we get to Bethany and it's no big deal Jesus is in the house but it's not a big deal isn't it like that when we come into the house of worship and it's no big deal it's been a long day I would like to Lord but I'm tired I'm used to you by now I would love to but now it's just one of the fellas hanging out. How am I on time? What time do we stop here? <laughs> okay. All right. I've been in some churches. <laughs> Pastor, I would pray more and I'd pay my tithes more, but I'm just a little used to it now. I would, I, I, I would give a little more this year, but... I got used to the financial blessing that he gave me already. So they sat and ate with Jesus like he's one of the fellas. He's just one of the guys hanging out. It's not that big of a deal. It would be an insult if I'm... It would be an insult to my wife if my wife is in my house and it's not a big deal. When her presence no longer seems important to me. All of a sudden a woman come through the door. No title, no position. There's even a rumor that's out on her. When she came, they all started in. She's a sinner. Her! Whew. She walked into the room that was not accepting of her. She knew it, but she wasn't even going to acknowledge it. 
Sometimes you got to keep going no matter what people have said. You just got to be able to say, pardon me. Pardon me what you've been saying. Oh, just excuse me. I'm going to step out of that for a moment. I got to get to the man. I've come to see Jesus. So pardon me. You got to know what and who you have come for. So pardon me. When you go to work and they're trying to kill your joy, you just say, pardon me. Excuse me. This moment will never happen again. She has to seize the moment. Today in this service, you have to seize the moment. So there she was, and I'm hurrying up here. She was there to worship God. The only way you worship like that the only way you worship like that is when you've gone through something. She falls at his feet. She said, I know you are going to, I know what you're going to talk to me about. You probably are going to start in on the rumor, the people around her. But I've come to worship. She does something that culture says wasn't even appropriate. She lets her hair down. Uh, we need some ladies every now and then to let your hair down. I've seen more miracles. I can't say more. I've seen miracles happen when the hair has been draped over somebody's infirmity. Go ahead, let it down every now and then. Do what your pastor says, of course. But every now and then, just let that glory fall. Shanda. She lets her hair down. She wants to give something. She has something. She has an alabaster box. You see, the alabaster box, we, we always call it a box. But truth be told, it was a vessel. It was a vessel in the alabaster box. And a lot of times, what we do, I, I brought this little thing here today. And inside of it, there is a precious ointment in here. Some would call it. And here's what we do. Lord. I spent a lot of money on this. I spent too much for this. But I'm coming to your presence. And I'm going to pour a little out. Now that's too much, so let me put a cap on it. going to put a cap on it. God, I've come here to talk to you. But not too long. We've got something on the crock pot. I can't talk to you too long now. So I'm going to put a cap back on what I poured out. Is it enough, Lord? Do I have enough here? So she does something that's interesting. A lot of times we open up that bottle just to pour a little bit out for the Lord. Brianna, will you come up here real quick? Will you help me with something since you're standing right there?
I got this Bob the Builder uh, hammer here. It says Stanley, though. Glory to God. Now, now I want you to just kind of just break that a little bit. Just do what it takes. Don't get crazy now. We, I ain't replacing Bishop's carpet right now. Just yeah. There we go. So she pops it. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, what has happened here? It was broken. And when it broke, I could not control where it went. When you break your sense of worship, it will go wherever it may. And then, come here, Sam. Come here. Here, I want you to just rub my hand. I want you to go rub the Kennedy. Let him smell your fingers real quick. Just real quick. You smell that? Okay, okay. All right. Keep smelling. Did you smell that? Could you tell who was who? Did you know that I come up to you with my fingers too just now? You couldn't tell if, if it was me or Sam, right? Now let me tell you, when you get into the presence of God, you're not going to be, te- you're not going to be able to tell the difference. He, everyone's going to know if you've been with him and if he's been with you just by the scent of the atmosphere. So when, I didn't even get my title today. The good work of wasted ointment can change the atmosphere. My God, I need you to understand this right now. You want to change the atmosphere? You want to get into the presence of God? Do a good work. It says that she did a good work. She come in, didn't matter who was around, didn't matter what was happening at the time. She said, let me just get into the presence of God. When it broke, when that lavender that I've gotten here just went out, and when it spilled out and went wherever it may, it changed the atmosphere. There is a scent now in the atmosphere. You want God to do something miraculous? Change the atmosphere. My God. There it is. Something's been changed. My God, I've got to have more of that. I've got to reach more of you. I'm going to do whatever it takes to change the atmosphere. I preach this message. Who knows if I'll ever preach it in this district. But it's preached. The title is, If It's Not Broke, Then Break It. How many times are we so relaxed? We're, we're so used to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I say, if it ain't broke, break it. Break your traditions. Break the things that's been holding you. Break the things that's been binding you. There's a sweet savor oh, in the air. Oh. Just three drops of the spikenard and it would linger from my God. Listen, 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 listen. Just three drops of that ointment that was poured out that day would linger for days. Three drops. When Jesus is at the garden, he's still smelling it. When he's praying for you, he's still smelling the worship. 
when he's at the whipping post, he still smells the worship. When he's on the cross, it's still in the air. At the tomb, during the resurrection, it's there. There is a change in the atmosphere. Brother, will you play, turn up the volume and play that video I sent you? This was in the Philippines. Man, they go wild. Matter of fact, there was a devil in that crowd that I had to deal with that day. That happened to be the only video I had. Go ahead. There we go. Now, I want you to understand, Filipino is crazy. Man, they're wild. I love preaching there. You can just walk in and say, God is good. They're going to jump up, shout, five people, get the Holy Ghost. You ain't got to preach. But, now I want you to show the picture of this girl, if you don't mind. I have hundreds, thousands of stories that I could tell you about. This girl, she has one arm, as you can see. Musicians, if you don't mind, going ahead and singers, whatever. You come on up here. Now, this girl, couldn't tell you her name right now. She's got one arm. We, we were at Manny Pacquiao's place. We rented it out because it was the only facility we could rent at the time. That worship service you've seen, that was before that service. And man, they were throwing down worship. I mean, throw down worship. Changing the atmosphere. We needed something to happen because the water in the facility ran out. We had four baptism tanks, blow up makeshift baptism tanks ready. But we ran out of water. So the presbyter come up to myself and Nick Mahaney said, hey, we have no more water. My cousin was with us, and I said, well, I guess we're going to have to pray for rain. I tell you no lies, okay? So we begin to pray. I remember Nick was on the end. We had all preached. We were, we were almost wore out. We'd been preaching literally eight hours. And I, I wish I had the video with me right now. But we're all standing up there, and Nick says, By the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus, receive you the gift of the Holy Ghost. Power of God falls, and about that time, lightning crashes. And I smelt the difference in the atmosphere. It rained for the next 15 minutes hard. Filled up the tanks within five minutes like that. And we begin to baptize hundreds of people. And I don't say this to tickle your ears, so please don't take it like that. And we baptized them one after the other, one after the other. Manny Pacquiao has tigers right beside where we're baptizing people. It's the craziest thing I've ever done. This girl was in the altar. She, they had to bring her up, carry her up within this red plastic chair. And she was sitting somewhere around in here. 
And I'm like, man, I wonder what's wrong with her. She wanted the Holy Ghost. She asked people to carry her up there. So I don't know, there's maybe a few hundred people needed the Holy Ghost. And I jumped down off the platform and I just laid my hands on her and received you the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, it's funny. We always think we got good words. We don't have good words. We just have his name. Jesus' name. She received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Tears rolling down her eyes. And I'm fired up because that's just me. But I didn't even pay any more attention. I went over here, started praying for people to get the Holy Ghost. And then I looked back, and this girl is no longer in this chair. She's dancing around. I'm like, wow, look at that. That's awesome. It didn't click with me that she obviously had some issue. I didn't, no one prayed for her. She received the Holy Ghost, and it seems almost as if the Spirit itself interceded for her. And she was now dancing in the Spirit. So, we're outside, and this little girl, she's about 13, 14 years old. Her mom comes up to me along with her, and she says, Pastor, my daughter wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. So I'm, again, this crazy American, and I'm like, wow! And she's got tears coming down her eyes. She goes, no, you don't understand. She was hit by a dump truck yesterday, and it ripped her arm off of her body. And I don't mean to sound graphic. Apologize. And her body was mangled when she got there, but the Lord had already done a work. So she was dancing. Remember that? Dancing in spirit. That, that little cardigan sweater that she's wearing, her mom pulls it back, and that's kind of like a jumper skirt or whatever. She pulls it back, and Bishop, the most brutal-looking wound you could ever imagine, raw from the day before, was there. And the, the dirtiest bandages, they weren't white like this. No, they were nasty. They were gross. There had already been hundreds of people in the baptism tank. It was filthy. It was dirty in the tank because that's what it'll do. It'll wash you away. So I said, she says, we have no more medicine. We don't have any bandages. They didn't have any money. Just not a lot of money. And I said, well, how much is it to get new medicine and bandages? Oh, sir, too much money. It's 500 pesos, Filipino pesos. It's 59 pesos to our dollar. So you do the math. She needs medical attention. It's 500 Filipino pesos. Not much. Not much. And so I'm like, man, I'm trying to rack my brain over it all. And, and I had stopped to get a bottle of water at a store before I came and and I, I didn't, I, in crusades and things of that nature, I don't keep money on me. I just don't. And I remember putting my hand in my pocket, and there's a, there's a receipt that they gave me. That's all I had because they love to give you a receipt no matter what. It's like their thing. And I'm holding on to that receipt, and I'm just kind of playing with it in my pocket. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? So I, I just pull out the receipt. God is my witness. It was 500 Filipino pesos. I had no money. That receipt that they gave me, the Lord had turned it into 500 Filipino pesos. Y'all think I'm playing. It's true. 
So I said, you take your baby girl, you get her whatever she needs. And she's crying. She says, but pastor, she still wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. And the little girl, she's like, sir, with tears. She says this. It doesn't matter how much pain I'm about to go through. If this is what could possibly keep me from heaven, I will do whatever it takes. What's my excuse? So I picked her up. Like so. I carried her over to the baptism tank. And I sat her down in it. And I wanted to do it as quick as possible, Bishop. I put her down into the water. In Jesus' name, she come up screaming and yelling. The baptistry was now not just filthy, but it had blood in it. And she starts speaking in tongues and said, Pastor, there's no pain. Because I'm ignorant, I thought it was all done. We get done with the crusade. Days later, I fly into LAX and then into Little Rock, Arkansas. And I get a phone call. Or not a phone call, I'm sorry. I get a message on Facebook. And it says, Sir, do you remember me and my daughter? I said, oh, yes, I do. She says, well, I went and got the medicine and, and the gall pads that we needed. The gauze that we needed. And I applied it, put it on her. And she said the following morning after she received the Holy Ghost and was baptized. The following morning, her mom went to go change the bandages. She pulls now the clean bandages off of her. And she says, Pastor, it looks like brand new skin was wrapped around her body. There's not even scarring. It looks like she was born that way. What's my excuse? If I've got to have somebody pick me up in a chair and carry me to change the atmosphere, then what's my excuse? You see, the miraculous happens when the atmosphere has been changed. Brother Kennedy couldn't tell the difference if it was my fingers with the oil or if it was Sam's fingers with the oil. So get so close to him that people can't tell the difference if he's been with you or if you've been with him. Can we all stand in this place? here I can smell it when the drums were being played I could smell it when she began to play the songs I could smell it 
So church, I can tell you, I, I can tell you miracle after miracle, miracle after miracle, where we literally said, pick up your bed and walk, and they walked. We've seen blind eyes open in America. Brother Kennedy, don't worry. It's all good. It's funny, he actually probably sees more than we do. His senses are more heightened than ours. No, I can't go there. Now again, if you've been sitting in this audience today, And you need God to really, truly intervene on your behalf. This is the altar call. You know what's interesting? Let me, before I go any further, you know what's interesting about Filipinos? And you know why we see so many miracles overseas? Number one, they have no other option. Number two, I I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine by the name of Doug Kleindent. And we were talking about miracles and why things happen overseas and here and he says you know it's it's funny because overseas they move they don't wait they move bishop you've seen it they move there's no hesitation because that's walking by faith and not who just walked out in front of you not walking by sight so Filipinos, you'll you'll see miracles happen all the time. Miraculous stuff. Cancer's falling off of bodies. You name it. So, I will ask again. Do you, my God, there's somebody already moving by faith. I couldn't even get the words out of my mouth. I tell you the truth today. If you need God to touch you, if it's your finances, if you need the Holy Ghost, if you got cancer, if you got diabetes, if you've got arthritis in your body, I would suggest you move now in the name of Jesus to watch God. If you I'm a prodigal. I want to tell you I'm a prodigal. My parents spent most of their life praying for this old ex-drug addict in and out of jail doing all this and that. And one day I come to church because it was a praying mama and it was a praying daddy that made their way to the altar. If you've got a kid that you want to see saved, a grandpa, a mother, an aunt, an uncle you want to see come back to the Lord, I suggest you come to the altar in the name of Jesus. Because we have been priming the atmosphere. Will you come up here? I want to pray for you in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. You stand right here. Just hang tight. You altar workers, you know who you are. Begin to work the altars. Candace, Beth, Kayla, Kirsten, Brianna, work the altars. God, we need you today. In the name of Jesus. 
out by the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus. We release miracle signs and wonders. Oh, Kia Yalobo Koyataki, Yalobo Shaki Ata Yalomo Koyataki, Yalobo Shaki Ata Yalomo Koyataki, Yalobo Shaki Ata Yalomo Koyataki,